Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Hello, yes, Dan Arden here. Dan Arden has been summoned. Please, via the internet, we tell you to please listen to Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. You know what that means. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Today we're talking about AEW, as is the way things go on Wednesday slash Thursday. Um, my name is Jay, joined by Big Tasty Ben Jackson and Aaron the Statman, the statistician himself, Sutcliffe. How are we fellas? Uh, 12 large, baby. Uh, today would have been the 40th birthday of Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney. So, yeah, rest in peace, Larry. Yeah. And if you are... If you are not feeling great, we know we're locked down and everything, or you know, it's just plenty of friends being a bit weird and not feeling themselves, please do talk. You know, it's always better to talk about things than to let things spiral out of control. Please, you know, look out for each other. Um, but yeah, I'm fine um, after that. Um, On a yeah. more positive note, let's throw Jay under the bus. Jay, how can it be yeah. Wednesday and Thursday at the same time? Well, I mean, because we watch it on a Wednesday <laughs> and then we talk about it on a Thursday. It's and like, also, if it's Schrodinger's podcast, it exists. If you want to get into it, Aaron, if you want to <laughs> go into some man six at the start of this podcast already, we're doing this <laughs> at the very fucking start. Um, due to the time difference, when Americans see it, it's Wednesday. When we see it, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, so AE Dub doesn't actually air in the UK until Thursday, UK time. Yeah. So, is that is that a is that a suitable explanation why I said a, that? They would get the podcast on the Thursday. Oh no! In in, in, in all in all no, reason, meant, in, I, in all likely, you know, people won't be listening. This is actually until Friday, so we're actually on a span of three. I'm actually thinking it's the day it comes out. I I, so I, did, could, I did mean I did mean be, as in it, the events of that day. It could be anything up to like Sunday at this point. So have a lovely <laughs> weekend. Um, yeah, and I mean, tune it and tune back in tomorrow when me and Jay will break will break down the next round of the um. Women's tournament. If it's Sunday. Yeah. Presuming I'm assuming it is. I mean you've probably got the roast on. It takes I mean, you, you say, you, you say potatoes, that. Jackie potatoes, they're probably You say that we probably won't be recording that till Tuesday night. Oh, it's I just <laughs> can't even Anyway. We're getting we're getting very uh sidetracked already, as we tend to on the AEW uh review. It's a little more you um, know that you know that Rick and Morty episode where like all of the um adverts are like from a different universe and they're all a bit more football, <laughs> and a little bit more like Casual. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. Not, that's all. This is in, in relation to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I, I, Aaron here tried to start the podcast off with a fucking time paradox. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> so, son's crying. My son that has that, a, I don't even have. It, it's 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 like a Doctor Who episode when we're talking about wrestling. Anyway, um, before we do talk about it, where can people tell us what they thought about this episode of AEW? Please, Ben. Uh, so they can go on the Facebooks at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. They can go on Twitter at Untitled Rest Pod. That's if you want to have some direct input and you know you want to you, you, you want to touch our brain with your brain and create some sort of feedback loop. Uh, you can also, if you're after Untitled Wrestling Podcast content using those same metrics, you can go to Untitled Rest Pod on Twitch or Untitled Wrestling Podcast on YouTube where you can't actually talk, you can, you can talk hours on there but we'll probably ignore you. You can just watch us playing games and stuff. It's great. Watch Aaron play in um, Sonic Adventure. How far are you now, mate? Um... 25%? Yeah, 25%. I was, I was really disappointed because I thought he was doing the one where Sonic does keep kissing with a human woman. 
No, no, that's 2006, mate. No, that's 2006. That's <laughs> so uh, I, will, I will not be watching any further episodes. I'll direct, direct, direct to my displeasure. <laughs> um, if, if you want to tell Aaron that that's the Sonic game you want to see him play next, be sure to follow us on Switch and fill the comments up on Switch with that. We know we will. Anyway. Boy, that's the like, worst rated Sonic game of all day. <laughs> that's why no one else wants to play it, mate. That's why you've got to do it for the people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it, get a niche, mate. Come on, carve out a niche in the market. Um, speaking of niches in the market, speaking of uh, markets and money and big money, big, big money. The uh, show opens with uh, TH2 versus Hangman Adam Page and Matt. Big money now, Matt Hardy. It's it, it's officially saying it in his Tron now more than just like it's just saying it looking like it's where that. Um, <laughs> Uh, this, is Hangman, this is Hangman on page who apparently recently hired a shady legal team, according to his intro. I love Hangman's intro is like on the nameplate of the best. Like, I really hope that whoever, whoever comes up with them like gets paid a little extra, just like a little, a little couple of quid, you know. Just I, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to think it's probably Brandon Cutler who does it. Yeah, because he like kind of does like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on BTE. Two contract Cutler. Two contract cutler. He's got to make it. Got to uh, get his money's worth out of that contract somehow. But I'd like to think it was Hangman kind of just contributing to that. Um, so straight from the bell, uh, TH2 attack Hardy and Page. Hardy and Page fight them off. Uh, they showed a bit more like sort of working as a unit this time, as opposed to in uh, last week where they they were a little bit clunkier. Um, Hardy, 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 Hardy still going for the blind tag though on occasion like every now and then he's just uh... he was yeah um, but Hangman seemed a bit more like kind of like laid back about that he didn't seem as upset that Hardy was like tagging himself in and like stealing his shit um, Hardy hits a really nice looking crucifix sit out powerbomb yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was lovely. Like, I, I, I was you... I, I didn't know where he was taking that when he took him off the terminal. It was like what's what, going? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, Hardy gets up her hand. Uh, I don't know why I said that so slowly, like a fucking what? <laughs> like you're just discovering what words are. <laughs> um, basically, Scalibur goes making rules, making babies. There's nothing Matt Hardy can't do. Bump through a table normally. <laughs> I mean, there was there was a segment on BT this week where the um the Dark Order were questioning what Matt Hardy had that they hadn't. And it didn't have, and then to which they, they, they stumbled upon, he's got about 23 kids and they don't have any. To which Alex Reynolds says yeah. that him and his wife were trying, and then they just absolutely savaged Reynolds for not trying hard enough to impregnate his wife. <laughs> um, that, that's brilliant. I, I love the dog order. Um, Angela, uh, TH2 isolate Matt, <coughs> excuse me, Angelico does like. Some more of those uh, Navarro style submission holds. You at this point, can we just c- can they just be Angelico things? Mm. He just does an Angelico things, which is roll around a lot <laughs> and put on submission moves. I, I, did, <laughs> which, I did pretty which, much, which I'm which I'm completely down for. Like give give me all of them. Yeah, I did. I did pretty much put Angelico does lucha style submission holds, um, like he usually does. Uh, Hangman tags in. He hits a really big spine buster and a triangle clothesline. He then power bombs um, Angelico and then Evans onto Angelico, but Evans lands right on the back of his head. Um, it looks like that was where Evans kind of maybe picked up a bit of a 
concussion, possibly. He did he look was... a bit out of sorts for the rest of it and after the match as well. He, he wasn't quite all together. Yeah, he, he looked like he was on a different planet. Um, I mean, he, he does anyway normally. I mean, it could, it could, it could so. just be the um, the illicit substances, but it could be the head injury. Yeah. Um, but if it is head injury, do hope he gets better, better soon. Um, Absolutely. Bit of a scary situation. There was a few, a few uh, spots where he was doing stuff. And I was thinking, why the fuck's he doing that? Like, clearly, he's not, he's not like a hundred percent right now. Um, I mean, nah, surely a Phoenix splash is um, it's the best thing to do when you've just sustained a knock to the head. <laughs> well, didn't he do like a six thirty and just completely mismatch? And then the Phoenix splash he did. And he landed about a foot. He landed about a foot short on his on his feet. Um, but just before the Phoenix splash, there was a lovely little. Um, they did hit a really nice double team move, like a neck backbreaker into a flatliner. Which was, that looked really, good. It was um, really nice. It was a bit slow, and Jack Evans having a concussion going into it, like, but, mm. but and he was glad to hold him there awkwardly for a good while. Like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, Hangman uh, then hits. Uh, then sorry, he goes for the bookshot. Um, Matt tags himself in, goes for a twist of fate. Th two double team Matt. Um, and then Hangman from nowhere hits a double book shot as well. Did you know it was Jack Evans' uh, struggle to get in position for that? So Hangman yeah. kind of just like flipped, stood there, and then threw the lines. <laughs> um, it's a bit awkward. Um, and Matt hits the twist of fate to win. Uh, he then gets on the mic after the match. There was, there was, this was a lot more about what was happening after, obviously, last week. In the matches, um, the match was fine. Like the in-ring action was okay. There was there was nothing that made me hate it. I didn't. I, I wasn't praying for it to end. It oh was, yeah. It, I mean, anytime, it, Hang, anytime Hangman wrestling. I, I mean, he did a he did a beautifully. We didn't mention it, he did a beautifully crisp um, running shooting star press, um, yeah. which looked fantastic. You know, he's, he's a top talent and he's a great ring performer. And anytime he's wrestling, it's he's not been in any like. Max is of real quality because they've all been like sort of squashes to sort of build the storyline over the last few weeks, and so. But even even in those matches, he's looked really good himself. So, yeah, um, that's very true. Uh, so, yeah, Matt, Matt talks about um, getting thirty percent of Hangman's earnings. Um, Hangman said a really really good line got me got a little lump in my throat about Brody saying a friend of his told him to always carry a spare set of papers. Um, and then it like refers he refers to the fact that he switched the contracts around last week, and he shows it on the screen. Um, and Matt's like he brings out uh, the Jackson Deville the uh, um, mascot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He asks for one of the Jacksonville Jaguars legal counsel. Yeah, <laughs> Jackson, um, Jackson Deville comes out. Yeah, um, and basically brings out the contract. Um, and it, it's for a match between Hangman and Hardy at Revolution. If Hangman wins, he gets all of Matt's uh, Q1 earnings for 2021. So every, everything for the first part of the year. Um, Matt then basically gets Hangman, like goes Hangman into big, because he's a man of honour, into putting his earnings as well up, um, which Hangman agrees to. Uh, it's then revealed that Isaiah Cassidy is actually Jackson Deville. Um he attacks Hangman and then a TH2 attack because Matt said he'll give them $37,000 each if they join. Um, Dark Order make the save. I love the way as well that uh, minus one was out first and he was yeah. like rapping the boys. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. silver medals were the first in the ring, and then um, everyone else just sort of poured in. It was every, basically everybody bar Anna J. Um, yeah, and Tycon. There was all, all the all the, was, all the boys. There was two bits that really stood out for me as well. One was a. Uh, that I, I'm making sure I mentioned because I saw he was upset and I want to ma- mention it much on social media. The Colcabana took the shoe off Jack- Jackson Deville and yes. started beating <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy up with it <laughs> um, like it was a real shoe. Um, and then uh, Five gets in the ring and he squares up to Mahardy, which was very nice because obviously Five was like the one who was really trying to trying to like get Hangman back in on BTE. Um he was checking was emails like, and everything this week. He was uh, he was ready, he putting the work. I'm still, and, uh, I'm still waiting on that. It was um, a really it was a really cool um cool moment. So he sort of like took his hoodie off and like sort of whipped it at Hardy. Like he looked like really fired up and like really serious. And then he, he actually landed a few good uh, good good licks on him. And then like, Hardy just yeah. like got the other hand, tossed him out. But then Hangman came across and was about to take Hardy's face off with a, a bookshelf, but Hardy ducked it and got out of there. To be fair to Mahardy, like the speed he moved out of the fucking ring. Dodging that, yeah. Like a guy his age shouldn't be able to move that <laughs> fucking fast. And then there was a nice little visual at the very end, um, where obviously Hangman's music started playing after he got the upper hand and banished Hardy out the ring. He was sort of standing tall in the middle of the ring, and then the Dark Order just sort of backed off and gave him the ring, gave him the space, and gave him the ring, and yeah. went to the back. And um, they were all kind of saying, "We've got you back as well." Yeah, but there was no, there was no like, there was no expectation. There was no. There was no like pressure on Hangman. They just they just sort of acknowledged that it was time for him to just be, no, be himself. No expectation for Hangman, but a lot of expectation for us who want Hangman to align himself with them. Um, I just can't wait until he buys them a fuck off brilliant new clubhouse with all that money he wins off Mahardy. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope he wins all the money off Mahardy and buys them a new table because that's the thing they're moaning about. Well, that was that was on, <laughs> yeah, that was on PT this week. They were talking about they had no money to buy a new table. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, so then we got a backstage promo with the Inner Circle talking about the tag title match. Um, God, proud and powerful need to be faces, don't they? Oh, man, they, they should have been faces of full gear 2019 when they cut that fucking promo. But even again, when tonight, they cut that even promo even about just being like, yourself. That same promo, like the promo they cut again tonight was, was phenomenal. It was like... Ortiz is like such an underrated talker, isn't he? Yeah. So Santana, like to be fair, like Santana, I think one of the like kind of hidden gems as far as wrestling's concerned in AEW like he's someone I'd love to see do more like even even in his match later on he looked fantastic um, but yeah the t- talking about a uh, tag title match uh, MJF starts berating Sammy and Jericho's like cut the shit uh, match he wanted Sammy out but Sammy's dead to me now um, yeah, and he, said, then he I- said he never wants to see Sammy again yeah um, so we've come a long way from the sex gods haven't we yeah, I think uh, I think we might get a sex god reunion at some point. Just a just a hunch. And um, they, they they storm off to go and win championships. To which Hager responds, "Championships." Yeah, just- and then he like he like <laughs> just shoves uh, Marvez out the way with his shoulder. Um, he then gives a little video package for the uh, Japanese bracket that wins eliminator. For those who haven't listened. Um, me and Ben did a quick recap podcast of that. Um, I say quick; it was still an hour. <laughs> but like, we really we we broke it down. Um, kind of spoke about the matches. We'll be doing it again this week um, for all the YouTube women's tournament matches. Um, 
But it, this was one thing that we both said we'd like to see, just to kind of, for AEW, not to just expect people to have watched it so they can kind of fill in the blanks. Um, just They just basically, like, list off who's got, like, who's progressed so far, and then they also announced that um, there's going to be the final two women's matches on the American side and the Japanese uh, semis next week. Um, I think the women's ones are on Dynamite, aren't they? And the... The American ones on no. Dynamite, sorry. The, 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 the way they sort of described it yeah. later. Later on, it's announced for Dynamite. The two oh, really? I thought they yeah. said on YouTube. No, no, so the two, the two American matches are on Dynamite, but the Japanese ones are oh. still on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, that means the Japanese ones could go longer. They're going to go, yeah, like 20 minutes each, maybe. I'm okay with that. Um, speaking of uh, women's matches that went long, fuck me, this was awesome. Uh, Serena D versus Riho. Uh, Riho's first match on Dynamite in 48 weeks. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Rio weighs 98 pounds. She's put on two pounds because it's all I hear as you hear it four times during this match how much she weighs. <laughs> yeah, lockdown, mate. You know, we've, all, uh, we've all been hitting, the t- <laughs> we've all been hitting that Uber Eats, haven't we? So, uh... um, I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought um, it was good to see Rio back. She's not she wasn't someone I really gravitated to when she was first in AEW, but like, I, I think I think it was just as much seeing a fresh face, but also that her first match back was against someone she's not wrestled before. I think when they when they first introduced her, and especially when they put the title on her, uh, it was a bit of a culture shock as, a, as a, like a Western wrestling fan to see a ninety eight pound Chinese um, Japanese woman who literally looks like a twelve year old girl win a major title. Um, now that the I think now the women's division is a lot more settled and it's a lot more sort of established and you've got like you said and then they made they made they made a big deal of this and during the match like obviously since Rio's been away people like Thunder Rosa and Serena have came in and you know they've changed the landscape you've got people like Anna Jane Ty Conti who've sort of come through the ranks as well it's it's a different um, AW women's division to the one that she was the first champion of and. You know she has yeah. to, and, and that was sort of the story of the match, and the sort of the story. Of, I think the story they're going to try and tell through this tournament. Because I think Rhea is going to um, spoiler. She she wins. I think she's going to go quite deep, and I think the, the story is going to be yeah, can she can she come back and adapt to how the the division has changed in her absence. If it, it certainly felt like before the pandemic, they were deliberately keeping Sheeda and Rio apart, um, for that match, which so makes sense to then give us that match as a result of Riho winning the tournament. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the match itself was um, a lot more technical than I thought. Like, that's, and again, it's not, that wasn't, that isn't like a sort of slight against Riho. She's just like a lot more fast-paced, high-flying. Um, again, this was thematically very on point with the ones we saw on Monday. So it was a lot of Serena as the veteran trying to keep Real grounded and sort of stop her momentum, stop her getting ahead of steam. Like you said, a lot of map, a lot of um, a lot of just catch catch wrestling and um, it, it continuing the theme. A lot of really good transitions into submissions, which we saw yeah. on Monday as well, and they've carried that over here, which is which is great to see. Um, there was a beautiful, uh, beautiful little uh, bit somewhere in the middle of the match where Serena locked in like a gory special. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like transitioned it into a backslide, and it was oh, it was, it was really, really cool. It was it was nice. The the, the the technical level on display from both these women were was phenomenal. It was it was really yeah. Really cool. Um, I, I really liked the fact that the kind of had it so Rio was um kind of wrestling Serena's match as opposed to the other way around. Um, 
which is kind of what a lot of Serena Deeb's matches are that she gets people to wrestle her kind of match. Yeah, uh, she, she took control. And, and they, they made a point as well, which was very well made on commentary. Because uh, obviously, you, you might not be aware, but Rio only weighs 98 pounds. Does she? Um, yeah, but they said because of that, she didn't have as much strength behind her standing offense, like her standing strikes. She mm. relied on the momentum and like the, 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 the moving around and like moving quickly was, was the way for her to deliver more more power into her attacks. And she needed yeah. to do that to be able to, to be more effective. Yeah. Um, Deeb, uh, apparently she injured her knee during this match as well. Um, so for, for us, we would have seen it obviously on Fight TV. Um, I mean... For, did they not play that into the match? Yeah, she had a knee, she had a, she had a knee brace do, on before the match, and they, they yeah. mentioned on commentary that she had a knee injury for over the yeah. last. That's why she's been off TV the last few weeks. She's been dealing with it. Right. I didn't. Knee injury. I didn't hear them say that that she'd had it. I thought that thought she'd done it like early in the match because, uh, as I was about to say, uh, for um, the American fans who might not have seen it, I don't know if it was on picture and picture, uh, but we saw it on fight. There was during the break a lot of the break. She was getting treatment on her knee. Uh, she had like the uh, ringside doctor like, kind of checking it out and then I mean, she was if, like limp if, if it wasn't a legit injury she sold it really well yeah, um, yeah. Um, so yeah like Riho uh, went, like pretty much targets the knee as well as soon as as soon as she sees the like brace um, there was a really cool spot where she hit a snapdragon suplex and like both of them kind of lifted off the mat um, which looked insane Uh Deep goes for a brain buster and he gives out and Riho hits a top rope air crossbody. And then this was a really cool like little story beat in the match, I thought, where Deep basically realised that her knee was like a weakness. So she she levelled the playing field and just took out Rio, Riho's knee. Um, yeah, there was that dragon screw off the in the corner turn before with, um, with Riho's leg hung over the rope that was really nasty. Yeah, um, and she literally... Um, doesn't she go for like a roll up or something? And then instead of pinning her, just like starts like elbowing her knee and like stamping on it. Um, literally went after the knee for a while. Um, and well, very early in the match, and they, they like literally at the start of the match, they bring it up in commentary. Um, Serena had Rio in a headlock, and Rio kind of walked backwards and stood on her like her, her injured knee was on the floor. She she was dropped to that knee, and she stood on the back of her knee. And Serena immediately like in pain, like winced and like let go of the hold. And so it sort of yeah. it sort of set the store of the match up very early, and that, that's how Rio was gonna was gonna sort of find a bit of favour, and she she exploited that that weak knee like going throughout. Yeah, um, there, there was a li- after this there was like a lot of uh, teasing for like both women's finishing like sort of spots. So uh, Rio did the tiger pain kick, double stomp, and the top rope crossbody misses the running knees, and then um, Serena hits another rope on dragon screw. Uh, Power bombs Rio, and instead of pinning her, like locks in a stretch muffler, which look again look nasty. Yeah. Um, Rio eventually breaks out of it, hits top rope double stomp, but misses her run knees again. Um, fights out of the deep tox, uh, which is like the it looks like a modified style splash, doesn't it? It's like um, a, yeah, like a is it the, f- the faith breaker? That no, because that was just the style splash. Um, oh no, it's it's. Or is it a bit like a neutralizer? It's, it's like, is it like a neutralizer? Yeah, kind of like a neutralizer, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good analogy. Um, but yeah, um, Rio fights out of that. Uh, they end up trading, up, trading roll-ups um, from the deep talks and Rio uh, gets the cover and the, the side and roll-up and wins. Um, oh, she got a bit out. 
she got another double stomp on after the near falls. Was how she got it. Oh right, I, I missed yeah. those. And you, I mean, you say you say for the ending, the like, trading roll-ups does a bit of a disservice because it was an incredibly yeah. athletic yeah. like series of, yeah. of counters. Um, it was all very like it was all to do with like like sort of leg like leg traps and sort of um, flips and like sunset flips and stuff like that. And it, it looked really really nice. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of very, very cool reversals. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure Rio did just like run up the turnbuckle and just jump and do another one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure is how it happened. I was, uh, I was clearly not keeping up as well as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, it's all right, mate. I got it. Sorry, got my back. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this match was fantastic. I, Possibly um, out of all the women's matches that we've had in this tournament so far, the best one of the lot. Um, certainly on, well, certainly on the, um, certainly on a par with some of the others. Certainly the American side. Mm. Although I mean, I don't think there's been a bad one, really, to be honest. Because like, even no, no, that's not to say any are bad either. Like, even like Thunder Rosa and and Layla Hirsch last week was great. <laughs> and like all the ones who worked on Monday were great. Um, but this was, I mean, yeah. this Serena continues to prove that she is like the, the glue that's like holding this division together and pushing it to the next level. Yeah, um, we then get a training montage video of uh, Jade Cartergill and Shaq. Um, all, they're doing I, is, all they're doing is playing basketball. Right, I've got, um, I've got here Cartergill being trained by Shaq. Does Shaq not need to train? <laughs> no, mate. He's got, he's, <laughs> he, he's got his game plan. You heard it the other week. You know, he's, he's, you saw him attack that plexiglass screen. He's, 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 uh, he's ready to go. Yeah. Just rip Cody's heat off and throw it in a basketball hit. That's his game plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, um, well, shouldn't they be doing wrestling? <laughs> like, isn't, that what, isn't that what they're doing in two weeks' time? They, they, can't, show, they can't show a trainer to wrestle because Cody's trainer. Yeah. And that so just... it, kind of, it kind of defeats the fucking purpose of them having a fucking feud, doesn't it? That makes, if he's makes trainer as a wrestler. That makes me quite like quite optimistic about the match because if Cody's obviously her trainer then they can go over like they can specifically rehearse that match can't they and like yeah oh I I, I get the impression that um, the whole point of that match is kind of like a showcase for Jade yeah uh, it's going to be mainly Red Velvet and Jade at each hmm. other I, I imagine I imagine that obviously before Brandy got pregnant that um, it was meant to be Brandy in the place of Red Velvet I imagine it was probably going to be Jade was going to just destroy Brandy. Yeah. And obviously now Red Velvet's like a prospect of theirs as well. I, I think that's probably changed the dynamic a little bit. But... Probably going to have to give her a bit more 50-50 because they want to sort of push Red Velvet a bit. Because I mean, she looks good, Red Velvet. She's, she's had a good good run on mm. she? And she's, she's really improved and whatnot. So. Yeah, but I, I I still get the the impression this is this is the showcase for Jade. It's just kind of... Kind of like the way we're seeing with um, Bad Bunny being attached to like Damian Priest on uh, WWE, where they've got like a, a celebrity to kind of add a bit of name recognition and crossover appeal to that person. Yeah, I feel like putting Jade with Shaq's the way they're getting it, gonna like really say this is our megastar. Um, I mean, and just how co- I mean, how just on a personal level, how cool must that be for Jade? She gets to like go and shoot yeah. three throws with Shaq. Like, how many people get to do that? That's exactly. pretty. That's pretty fucking sweet. We'll see fucking Cody doing that, do you? I mean, he probably has. He's probably got Shaq to do his entrance. Probably has, to be fair. But you yeah. probably incorporate like a basketball theme into his entrance. Oh, no, we don't, we don't need any more Shaq rap. Can we just have, can, can we just have like, Cody's going to give it? Could be that every time he's in the storyline, he takes a portion of that and adds it to his entrance. 
<laughs> so he's got like the Triple H thing. He's got like the pyro. He's where, got like the. Where dog. did he? Where did he get like the Hell's Gates thing that he's got now? Was that Undertaker? <laughs> Only few have taken me. Yeah, Mania. Uh, this year has gone. Yeah, um, in his head. Yeah, in his head. It was Cody in the boneyard, not not AJ. So after this, he's uh, going to come out and slam a three pointer in every entrance. They're just going to be a hoop, like, on a pole. <laughs> he, like, he, just, he just drops through a fucking basketball hoop and then <laughs> behind the gates, like, he does the superhero landing through the basketball So, you know, you know, you know, TNA have, uh, sorry, AEW have been sort of, like, hinting that they're getting a second one-hour show, maybe on, on another network or on TNT. It's just going to be Cody's entrance for an hour. It's just going to be Cody playing basketball with Shaq in his driveway, isn't it? <laughs> just for an a hour. couple of pickup games. Yeah, <laughs> two and one on one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 as I, we joke about it, obviously I've been quite critical about the whole thing. I thought this was like, I thought this was the best presented thing they've done of Jade, uh, Jade Cargill. To be honest, just because it, it felt like she was a star in that video. I mean, they, they, they present. She presents herself very well, and they present her very well. Um, yeah, well, I, I think I think the main reason I was a bit like miffed about the storyline was because she's not the best promo. Yeah, and they've been putting it in a very sort of very front and center role, cutting promos for Shaq. And it's like, well, why would you get someone who's clearly learning their craft to do that this early on? I mean, it's bad timing. They could have just hung on another six months. They could yeah. have given they could have given a Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, and that would have been well. Do, they, that would they, have been. I mean, they, they kind of still can. I mean, she's like kind loose, of have, haven't she's loosely affiliated with them, isn't she? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, thought, I mean, just, I some, was, just another while we're talking about Vicky, another quick throw to BT this week: the image of um, Naya. Naya and, and Nyla and Vicky cackling and throwing dollar bills at men as they dance yeah. to the theme music is fucking while, incredible. While addressed, while they're dressed as nuns, while dressed as evil nuns, yeah, yeah. As Helica was popping, popping and locking, and Griff Garrison. Um, Garrison's got fucking moves, man. He has. He has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do the known. Um, speaking of people who've got all the moves, next we have a. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Luther. The death dealer. Him. The original death dealer. If you like, get it right. Um, <laughs> um, so, this this was a squash match, but it, I thought it was quite entertaining. Uh, Luther, who yeah. definitely, Luther, who definitely doesn't know the lyrics to Roxanne by the police. <laughs> Roxanne. He popped, he popped me the fuck out on BT this week. I am... Fair play to him. So, I, when I watch it, I... Um, AW, there's like a message board I'm on when I'm watching it, and so like there's people I talk to every week, watch like watching along, and usually they've all watched BT, none of them had. So when Luther come out, I went, "Hey man, is that Sting?" And no one got it. Um, I was like, "Fuck's sake!" That was like one of my favorite jokes from uh, BT this week. Uh, John Silver not knowing that Luther is not actually Sting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I mean this was just a straight up squash match. Um... Orange yeah, Cassidy just webs him everywhere, doesn't he? Gets in the orange punch. Well, it's, quite, um, it's quite nice that Chuck gets to bath a serpentico up a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah so right on Luther, of the start where Serpentico wobs himself like Chuck Taylor. Yeah, Luther pushed <laughs> Chuck off the apron during his entrance. Yeah. Um, and Serpentico dived on Chuck. And then Luther just like hit a pump kit, powerbombed orange, goes for a pile driver on the apron, 
orange like slides out and power bombs Luther, Luther should, off the apron. Should, should Luther be doing anything on the apron given his history? Well, <laughs> that that was that was like the fucking most laboured apron power bomb I've ever seen in my life. Um, I think Luther ended up taking like like it looked like Luther was like squatting down and then rolling backwards, dead slow, <laughs> like he was doing a trust fall. Um, and uh, Serpentico goes to dive on Orange while like the rest back turn and Orange back turn. Chuck comes in and murders him with an awful waffle. Um, which is still one of my favorite moves in wrestling. Yeah, I want to see Chuck Taylor. I want to see Chuck Taylor murder everyone with that. The sale on was ridiculous as well. Yeah, it was like holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, that someone I'd love to see take that just for the sell is Sammy Guevara. Yeah, because he probably (laughs) him or Ricky Starks because they probably both just like bounce off the fucking mat. Um, they bounce into space like fucking Team Rocket. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So yeah, I, basically then Orange and Luther get back in the ring. Orange hits an orange punch to win. And uh, that was that. Um, did what it needed to do. Yeah. Could have been on dark, but it was quite fun. I think they ended up trying to just heat Orange a bit more now, because he kind of cooled off a bit over the last like, few months. He's like, he's not they've doing got orange, They've got Orange and Chuck in a bit of a, co- a holding pattern, which I'm a bit mm, about. I mean, I they're on TV, of, I mean, they're on TV, so. Yeah. Like, even they didn't really have, like, Miro and Kip show up or anything like that for it, which was weird. Yeah, um, but was that maybe travel issues or something? I don't it, know. It, There's all people I mean, it could well... Oh, shit, yeah, because where Miro is, there's fucking snow. Um, there was, like... So, yeah, obviously, if anyone's not, if anyone's not aware, uh, if anyone's listening to this, like, years in the future, as we currently write, uh, speaking of this, the majority of, like, middle America is literally encased in ice. Um, Just like Scotland was last week. I know. Um, yeah. I know. Out of that, I know Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and Tony Blanchard couldn't attend uh, the tapings mm. for the show because of travel. La- Lance Archer did, but he's fucking hard, so he's not gonna. He probably walked. He could just walked. Um, he could just walked through like ten foot of snow, and it just melted probably, around him. He probably just waded through the snow. <laughs> he just yeah. melted. Just melted when it came within two inches of him, just to avoid touching him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, speak. Of Team Taz, uh, they come out next. Uh, call out Sting. Well, we get a quick recap, don't we, of last week of um, the match? Yeah. Which, yeah, we forget it was a pretty, pretty good match, and then we see the um, the aftermath and sort of Sting coming out, and then Darby getting uh, dragged away in the in the body bag. Still, we don't see Darby this week, so he could well be dead for all we know. Um, ah, he was already half dead. It's fine. I mean, yeah, they're probably <laughs> they're probably just selling the fact that. Well, T- Taz said, didn't he, that uh, Darby's at uh, FTR land, whatever that is. <laughs> it's like Disneyland, but everything's just orange. Um, <laughs> it goes beep, beep, beep constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, all, all, all the rides, you just, you just have to watch Taz's squash of Kurt Angle on repeat over and over again. While Taz commentates on it. <laughs> There's one ride and it's just Taz suplexing you through the stage like you're Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, so, so uh, yeah, um, Sting comes out, throws his jacket at a cage and then throws his bat aside like a tit. Um, Can we just say yeah. that Taz blamed Sting's snow for everyone getting snowed in? Yeah, he blames, he thinks all snow comes from Sting's entrance. Yeah. <laughs> 
The whole of America is shut down because people have died, Sting. You fucking prick. (laughs) (laughs) All because you want a bit of fucking snow on your entrance. So what you're saying is that Tony Khan left the snow machine on for a week. Yeah, now look, now look where we are. Now look um, where we are. It's like when um, you leave these are open and it builds up with like ice and you can't shut that again. That's what it is. Yeah, so Sting yeah. Sting um, throws his bat to one side, which for a sixty odd year old man to do is really not sensible. I mean if I were it, to, if I had to stand in the same ring as Brian Cage, I'd want some sort of gun and I'm like in my thirties. It, it's it solidified the whole um the whole like mythos that Sting is the stupidest baby face there is. I mean, he took, uh-huh. down, the end, he took down the end row by himself, didn't he? So, what's Brian Cage? Yeah, um, yeah. So he he beats he beats Cage into the corner. Hook starts choking him with the uh, with the bat with the bat that he and... just threw on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much bat, threw it to the, Hulk. The, the bat that like fifteen seconds ago he had in his hand. Yeah, yeah, enough. Huh? <laughs> um, and then. What I thought was the shocking moment of it was Brian Cage powerbomb Sting. Oh, I Criti- don't, I critically don't... not into a turnbuckle. Yeah, can I, thankfully. Can I say I do not know how I felt about that. I don't Just, think. I mean, having seen the aftermath, I don't think. I don't think Sting knew how he felt about that. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at. He, he there was a bit of regret written on that face when he was lying there. Um. Yeah. It, it was like as soon as he took the bump, I was like, I mean. Oh, Oh, Sting, should you really be doing that, mate? Like he's he's obviously he he's obviously being cleared to compete. Yeah, I know, but it just feels weird after so long. Just him taking a power bomb. It's like one of them. I like that record scratch. Like you might be wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could have been worse. Cage could have fucking drill collared him. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. That's well, coming I, at Revolution. Yeah, same, like, that's that's happening on concrete in the match. I know oh. that's what AEW were going for, just like giving you a case study. I'm taking a bump, and it's like, oh. So that was Sting's yeah, first bump since 2015, apparently. Yeah. Well, safely- a bit. Maybe, possibly. Who knows? Um. But yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it was we 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 we've literally like we we we've sort of. Had our had our issues with this build and this angle for being a bit slow moving, but so to see it actually progress to like full on fisticuffs was was quite nice. Mm. So at least at least they are ramping up the intensity a bit now, and like obviously Darby's got to come back and like avenge his dad. Darby Darby's <laughs> gonna like do like an Aero Star in there, AAA and like coffin drop from the sky. In hell, they're gonna low they go gonna lower him down on in on like a fucking giant platform 30 feet up and he's just gonna cough and drop onto everybody. Except Darby's actually gonna hit the move. Yeah, Darby's <laughs> not gonna miss it like Aero started. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then, then we got uh um Eddie Kingston promo where he's talking about his uh his him and his family's feud with Archer, Phoenix and Moxley. Um his three demons. There's a really cool line where like Eddie King. Yeah, Eddie Kingston like says about Phoenix that he he only wanted Pentagon in the family in the first place, and Phoenix got in the way. Um, and then he was baggage. Uh, 
yeah, I, as to be expected, a very good promo by yeah, Eddie Kingston. He said, so he said um, yeah, he, he called Archer, Phoenix, and Mox like his. So he's like the, basically the three demons he has to banish, you know, from his from his head. So obviously Archer he has that thing with the Battle Royal still going on. Phoenix, like you said, was the was the sort of the, the brother he never wanted. He, he just it was the, the sort of tag along that came with Penta, and then Mox, who he says that um, he's been trying to get rid of him, and he said he can't get rid of him with booze or pills or women. So he's just got to go and beat the shit out of him, basically, to uh, to get him out of his head. Which is yeah, quite cool. Um, again, it's yeah, you said I, it's, 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 like typ- it's typical Kingston, you know, intense promo, which we all know and love. Yeah, I, I like the fact that um, that Eddie Kingston and John Moxley have kind of got like the sort of Batman and Joker dichotomy through them now. Yeah, where they, they, it feels like they could just kind of pick up that feud wherever they've left off, and it'd still be just as intense as it was when they left it off. There was a, um, was it before the match or during the match? There was a line of one of the commentators, and it was they said that maybe Moxie still sees something of a friend in Kingston. He just needs to like find a way, find a way to speak to him, to reach him, to get through to him. Like it's suggesting that, like you know, despite how how like faint they seem, didn't Moxley say it? No, one of the commentators. Well, one of the commentators brought it up. Um, I think it was Excalibur. Mm. Um, it's nice to see that they're going down the road that like even though these guys are like sort of fated to, to do this forever they, there's there may there may be a, a sort of common ground they could find at some point and, and sort of get back to, to the position they once were in which is quite nice yeah so yeah, this i've got a feeling um, this, this is like and this is just a little like you say this is just a story now they can just dip in and out of forever now until mm-hmm. whenever they need whenever they need something to do they can just go oh, moxie and kings and gonna have a little bit of a fight that's fine mm. yeah same with eddie and archer though as well yeah, like feels like they could just like dip into that, and it it would still be just as exciting as the first time we saw them. Um, so then we get uh, um, Jr. says we're going to be joining joining the WWE champion with something that happened earlier today. Um, <laughs> Drew McIntyre didn't come on the screen though. It was a it was, it was AEW champion Kenny Omega um, in a nursery reading a young book book to some kids. Um, so this has my one of my, this has my favorite like image of the night, my favorite moment of the night, which was Alex Marvez comes in to try and interview Kenny, and everyone just tells him to fuck off because he's literally in a kid's school he comes, and, he, and he shouldn't the, be there. The best part was he came out of the toilets, so he sort of like backs up the way he came in, and he just starts like playing with some like some toy animals on like the side of the um. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a giraffe and an elephant little plastic toys and he just starts like putting them on this like little um, on this little table <laughs> like just, <laughs> just amusing himself basically um, which yeah like, uh, even like even the raw heels like mate this is a, this is a kid's school like what are you doing here you're a grown man who works for a wrestling company you shouldn't be in a kid's classroom yeah um, Don Callis looked like you could uh, paint a fence with that fake tan he was using yeah, he's been. Uh... Um, looked, he looked mahogany, <laughs> um, rich mahogany. Um, yeah, uh, so Kenny like re- literally reads like a line from the book. Yeah, and he, then he's he, like, he, right, he, 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 he literally just reads a line about how um, him and Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom made bank. And that's like the entire. And then he just says to the kids, "Do you know what like dramatically?" Mean? He basically says the young books say that like Jericho and. Um, Jericho and Omega at Wrestle Kingdom did like big business and he was like yep T-Kids we did big money we did huge business and then yeah Don's like yeah yeah we gotta go now it's it's it, it's time 
And okay. then the, ki- the kids. Um... So w- one thing actually as well was that it. So it was Don Kenny, um, Nakazawa, and the woman with them. I believe she's like the head of PR for AW. All oh, right. Okay. So where was the teacher? I was. Gonna, I thought that was a teacher, to be honest. No, I thought it no, was a first, but then they, 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 they turned to her and asked, like, how did that go? And she said, oh, it's brilliant. You know, she sort of did, like, a PR thing, like, oh, yeah, that's going to get us over huge and, like, demographics and it's going to be really good for business <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, and yeah. then, and then um, they say they've got to go. Um, one of the kids comes up and, like, tugs on Don's, like, coattails and was like, Uncle Don, Uncle Don, can, can we play with Kenny? And uh, Uncle Don, the kind old man that he is, is like, no, but you can play with Uncle Michael. <laughs> and he, he, and he be- the kids hate that. <laughs> they, be- they bequeath the children Michael Nakazawa as a friend. And, Mike- and Nak- to be fair to Nak, he's all for it. He's like, "Yeah, come on, kid, let's play." And they're like, "No, we hate you." They kick him in the in the leg, and then I- as, he dr- as he drops down, they just attack him with toys <laughs> and Lego and everything. Yeah, they go full fucking bid somewhere on him. Um, uh, interestingly, Kenny just leaves the title on th- on the chair as he leaves. Yeah. Did you notice as well how like kind of torn Kenny was because he wanted to like stay and be like hang out with the kids for a bit longer. Yeah. And Don was like, no, you need, you need to go and do this. And Kenny's like, oh, but I want to, <laughs> this will be cool. <laughs> They've got toys. Um, I really enjoyed this. So this was, this was just really, uh, it, it was, was very nice. weird. Like, it, like a lot of the Kenny and Callis stuff, it's very kind of like off the wall, but it, it, it seems to be working for some reason. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, th- this kind of like segues us nicely as well into, the next match, which is the Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful. Um, the Bucks' parents are at ringside, so that means nothing could possibly go wrong. Um, so it's straight off the bat, zero stars for this match because we don't get Proud and Powerful's music. I was upset yeah. about that. Proud and Powerful's entrance music is fantastic. In the inner um, circles, it's shite. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can you have the Proud and Powerful music and Judas, yet you pick that? You can also see which son looks like which parent, also. <laughs> yeah. But like, based, now, I don't know if this purely on the hairlines. I don't know if this was deliberate. <laughs> but obviously, there were a lot of rumors going around that there, there could be a title change on the show, that this could be a match where the title could change hands. And as we all know, in the lexicon of professional wrestling, when your family are at ringside, it means usually you're doing the JOB. Yeah. So, yeah, or something I'm, bad's gonna happen. I'm to sure. You. I'm sure. Like the um, I mean, I didn't watch this live, but I'm sure, like live, that it was it was popping off with like um. Rumors I, of, like, I did watch it live, and I when I watched it live, I I got very angry at, at times in the match, <laughs> which we'll get into. So the match itself was brilliant. Um, yeah. Back and forth, lots of back and forth. Uh, they kind of keep going on about how um, well, like Santana and Ortiz know the books. Um, and this is a rubber match. They've, they've had two matches already. They've won one each. So this is like the yeah, the sort of the decider. Yeah, um, Santana and Ortiz uh, hit like uh, it's the Motor City Machine Guns finisher. You know the neck breaker, back breaker thing. Uh, MJF tries to punch Nick behind the ref's back. The ref turns round and catches him in the act and the whole inner circle get ejected um, proud and powerful and isolate Nick um, they do like a lot of the sort of like the double suplex things where they they'll do a double suplex or they'll do a single suplex and then swap over and stuff like that um, 
Matt Tight tags in, fights off proud and powerful hits like a twist and stunner, and a, and the Bucks hit a double power bomb uh, on uh, I think it was Santana or maybe Ortiz. Um, Santana hits a really nice fucking avalanche falcon arrow off the top rope, and the distance he got on it was insane. Yeah, um, he went like halfway across the ring. It was, it was yeah. nuts. Uh, Ortiz locks Nick in the Koji clutch for what feels like ages. Um, Nick Rock manages to roll it through, and Ortiz just like rolls it back and like locks it in tighter. Um, Matt breaks that up with an elbow drop. Um, and this is where like the finish was where the match kind of like really like picked up its pace because it was like blink and you'll miss it. So Bucks go for a BCE trigger. Santana dodges out the way. Proud and powerful. Uh, managed to like fight the way out of it. And they, they felt like quite a lot like the baby faces in this match at times. Well. They, they were working from under, weren't they? Like, so they were, they were like, they were like fighting out of like, and like tr- the desperation, like, and the sort of like, and I especially was, like, I was, it was easy to get behind them in this match as well because of how they were, how I, they were acting in the I, ring and stuff. The, the last like five minutes of the match, I thought Pram Powerful winning this. Um, so. Yeah, uh, Santana dodges the BTE trigger. They hit the street sweeper, and Matt just about breaks it. Um, he comes out of absolutely nowhere to break that pin up. Like uh, as soon as I, as soon as like the, the move hits, I was I looked around the ring and I was like, Matt's nowhere. This, this is this is it. And then he just I, literally yeah. he fucking teleports into the ring to make that save. <laughs> yeah, um, proud and powerful beat Matt up on the outside, and as Ortiz is getting back in the ring, Nick just quickly rolls him up and they win, and. Uh, proud and powerful, look absolutely dejected in the middle of the ring. Um, and pre- pre- straight after the match, the Young Bucks uh, attacked by uh, the rest of the inner circle. And Brandon Cutler comes to make the save. And he keeps going back to Kenny and the Gold Brothers watching on the camera. In a totally uh, normal stance for watching television. Yeah. Um, as always. And Kenny is looking torn as to why he isn't going to do something. And then well, Kenny wants to go out. He's like, I've got to go out there mm. and help them. And Don is like, no. Oh, I mean, Don's making a good point. Like, no, mate, you're the champ. You can't risk your injury. You can't risk getting injured. You know, you don't want to go out there. It's not safe. You know, mm. we've we got to just leave them to it. So then, yeah, they they, t- they tell the good brothers to go out there and do something about it. Yeah. And eventually the good brothers do make the state the save. The most, uh, the most and- lackadaisical save I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling. <laughs> they sort of like, they sort of like stroll to the ring. They stroll to the ring and the inner circle power that out. Uh, and Jericho gets in. Uh, Papa Buck's face and he shoves him. Um, oh, Papa Buck shoves Jericho, sorry. Um, and MJF goes off on him. And MJF goes off on him. Uh, Papa Buck looking like he runs a, um, a rigged game stall in a carnival. <laughs> um, looks like looks like kids are screaming shenanigans at him. Um, Keep that carny. <laughs> you, can see, you can see where they get the carny boots from, don't you? He's got, <laughs> he's got rings to throw with it. Don't fit over the good prizes. <laughs> exactly. Um and then after this we got um bit of a bit of a weird segment, but I thought it was quite nice was Brand Brandy announcing that um she's doing a gender reveal there and then. Um and this, then, this was like shoot as well. This was like legit. Yeah, it was. Uh she said only she knows Cody doesn't, and then they go out um make their entrance and then literally Cody I breaks a giant Triple H through him with a sledgehammer and pink confetti flies out. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. I think it's put it on the screen. <laughs> um, that what should bad. have happened is Cody should have got a blade, cut 
cut himself, filled himself up with pink hair dye, and then just cut himself again on the wound, and then he would have bled pink. Sorry, <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> so um, apparently, this this, I mean, this this segment's met with that's a bit a lot of, of um... preparation to go into Aaron, <laughs> considering Cody didn't know yeah. what it was. Well, get get Brandy to put the liquid in him. That, then. that would mean that Brandy would have to drug Cody, put put dye within his blood, hope that the dye took to the blood. Plus, it's pink, mate. <laughs> the blood's red. You know, it wouldn't. You you, you wouldn't see it. Well, and, and, yeah. What she should have done is she should have made a nice like cake or something on um on a shot of brandy. You know, she could have cooked it with some one of the uh, AEW talent, and they could have done well, a gender reveal on cake the YouTube cooking. as well. To be fair, uh, yeah. So the, um, this this have got a bit of a, a bit of heat online uh, from from some sections of the the, the, uh, the wrestling community. I um, I, 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 my, I my, thought my, it was my, nice. My defense of this is such unlike the one they're doing on Monday night. At least Brandy is legitimately pregnant. So is Lacey Evans. Is she actually pregnant? She's legitimately pregnant. Uh, with Flair's kid? <laughs> no, not with Flair's kid. With, uh, oh, no. with, with Johnny Gargano drunk from memory's kid. <laughs> that kid's, that kid's going to be fucking traumatised later in life when, it, when they find out that like Rick Flair was the dad in kayfabe. Uh, Uncle Rick just coming round to visit. <laughs> and when he's 18, when he, uh, they're 18, oh, by the way, he's not Uncle Rick, he's Daddy Rick. <laughs> um... I was like, you've got like a 94-year-old Ric Flair just shuffling into the house. Um, anyway, no, I, I, I thought I thought it was nice. I, I, at the time, I was like, well, why are you why are you doing this on Dynamite? Like, and why are you doing it? Like, just kind of shoving it into the show. Like, you could have done it any time in the show. It just felt like it was kind of like just like shoved in there. I think it was justified by the fact that it was a legit like live reveal for Cody. Yeah. Because he he, 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 he like he like for real didn't know, and if they'd have filmed it, it would have been a bit weird. Because like, why film like just Cody's reaction? At least if you have it, like we're experiencing it live with Cody, then you know it makes yeah. Sense. yeah I, I get I get the impression as well the fact that Cody was there to announce the ladder match at um, Revolution. Uh, it, um, gi- it gives me. They, they, they didn't really announce it though, did they? They just sort of casually spoke about on com- it. Well, on commentary. To, to, to be <laughs> fair, mate, Cody was a bit distracted. Yeah, <laughs> it it it, give, it gives me in the the impression though that probably Matt Seidel is going to be in that match, oh, which is why Cody was on. Probably not Mike Seidel. Mike Seidel was just there to show that he was alive after botching that fucking move where he like nearly died. Sorry, his um, brother. He taught his brother well, so it's fine. Well, he did the little homage <laughs> to him and slipped off the top rope as well, didn't he? Um, so. Literally, uh, this this leads to FTR versus the Seidel brothers. Uh, literally, um, from like pretty much the opening bell, Cash just back suplexes Mike on his head. Um, Seidel double team Dax, uh, then Cash just comes from nowhere at one point after making a blind tag, hits a German off the middle rope, which was insane. Um, that was so nice when he sort of like ran up to the turnbuckle and just sort of like grabbed him and chucked. It wasn't even a German. He just, just, he just threw him backwards. <laughs> and it was just however he yeah. landed. That was it. Was like, yeah, well, that's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I we were talking there the other day about um, Dax and his match with Jungle Boy being like amazing, and you you wouldn't have thought how good it was going to be with them being like a predominantly tag team guy. I want to see Cash in a singles match now. Yeah. Because like he, he seems to be like the more sort of like athletic of the two, 
He's the one who occasionally occasion does stuff off the top rope, isn't he? And he occasionally does like a little the odd springboard and stuff like that. But so li- literally, he didn't break his step at all when he did that uh, German off the middle rope. No, it he was did it in like one fucking motion. It was insane, buttery smooth. It was just like it was insane. Yeah, um, FTR then isolate Mike, Mike Seidel for an uncomfortably long time and just beat the shit out of him. Um, uh, you you. The, the, the way this match was set up, you really got it. Really got over the fact that FTR were like quite pissed at the fact that they had been suspended, and this was their like this was their like getting let off the leash sort of moment. Yeah, um, Matt, Matt tags in, he fires up on FTR, um, hits like a flurry of like kicks and stuff like that, uh, knocks them both off the ring, and then Mike hits a Orihara moonsault. Oh on god, them. I had the fear when he got up on that top rope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Looked like Nakazawa may have oiled it up a bit because he did he did slip, but he managed to managed to save it just about. Um, Matt Seidel and uh, uh, sorry, Dax goes to rebound suplex Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel flips out of it, which was insane. Mm. Um, lands on his feet, rolls Dax up, and then um, Dax kicks out. And as he kicks out, uh, Cash comes from nowhere and Tiger uppercuts him all the way to Shangri-La. Um, Matt hits a double meteora on FTR and then Mike hits an, a 450. Um, again, <laughs> slipped again. Nearly, nearly yeah. did there. Nearly did what RVD did to Triple H in the Elimination Chamber. Just, just, <laughs> just, just put Nakazara in the Battle Royals, then he'll stop her on the ribs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Dax uh, pulls Matt off the top rope as he's going for a shooting star and then FTR hit Big Rig on. Um, Mike for the win. After the match, uh, FTR go to cut Mike Seidel's hair, akin to what they tried to do to Jungle Boy. Worst um, scissors ever. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're med- like medical scissors, aren't they? <laughs> they're like the ones yeah. they used to like cut bandages, aren't they? Yeah. Um, the lights come out, and then uh, the on the screen you see the old Luchasaurus mask with like the horns cut off, and he. You see him like kind of silhouetted. He turns. He's got slightly bigger horns. <laughs> a, 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 a legally distinct mask from the old one, which yeah. importantly they can probably now open the cover on and sell replicas of. Well, yeah. the, the old mask had gold for it and stuff as well, whereas this one was just all green. So it's cheaper mm. to make, so you can sell it to kids. I, to be fair, you're saying cheaper. It looked a lot more detailed. A lot to, more. To be fun. fair. Um, the gold one he has. Uh, he, he's. I saw an interview with him. He got that for like basically interviews because it's more comfortable to wear than like the yeah. one he wears in the ring. Oh, right, okay. And it's a bit more ornate. But he said he said if he were to wear that in the ring, it just get it just get broken. Fair enough. Because it's like made from like a bit more of a sort of like delicate Soft. material. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lights go out. Um. Jurassic Express attack FTR. I, I was a little bit gutted that Luchasaurus didn't have like full blown like triceratops horns. <laughs> at least, at least like a little horn on his nose as well. Um, but it, it, was, it was good to see them back. Uh, the attack FDR beat them up, uh, clear the ring, and stand tall. Um, we then get a John Moxley promo, and he oh, it, says, "It's announced oh, as well, is it? Next week or the week oh, after?" Um, it's uh, gonna be, I think it's in two weeks' time, isn't it? On the it's going to be FTR, including Tully versus all three members of Jurassic Express. So Tully Blanchard making his return to the ring. 
pretty hyped mm. for that. 68. Yeah. Only a blind child. I mean, he, he was doing Spike Park, right? It was like three months ago, so. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. He They've had him jumping off the middle rope, so, you know, and they can, they can protect imagine, him in this match. I imagine he's going to be in a very, very limited role. Yeah. Um, well, I, I could be wrong. This is where we see Tully Blanchard busting out Canadian destroyers. Um, <laughs> if, if anyone can, mate, it's fucking him. So, <laughs> the, how dare you? How dare you uh, dismiss Ricky Morton out of that that statement? <laughs> um, yeah. Then we get a mock promo. Uh, he basically he's hyping up his match with Kenta. Um, he so says, he's, "Well, so he's going to like shoot murder him, basically." Yeah, he, yeah, he's talking about the Eddie Kingston stuff first. He's like, oh, Eddie wants another match. Um, and basically, he's like, I'm, I'm going to have to put you in the ground. And then he says he's going to break Kenza's neck and put him in the ground. And then he's going to shoot murder Kenny Omega to take back his AEW world title. Um, so if any, three, any of those three men turn up dead in the next like, six months, I think Moxie's going to prison. Yeah. So literally, you're selling TV how we would like to end all of their lives. I mean... So... <clears throat> Are we are we tomorrow at time of recording the twenty sixth of February? And we may actually see John Moxley shoot me at the counter. Um who knows? But yeah, uh this leads us to the match itself, which is Eddie Kingston and his family, the butcher and the blade, versus uh Archer, Mox and Phoenix. I I like the fact that um Archer and Phoenix basically came like entered the way that Moxley walks into the arena. And they waited because they're sensible. And he waited. Right. Sorry, I have to say second zero star match of the night for me because they cut Archer's music before the everybody dies but kicked in. Which is unforgivable. <laughs> he was yeah. already he was already to sing it as well. He could see him getting ready and they just went off. He did shout it a lot though to make up for it. Yeah. Um so straight away, as soon as they all come out, they all just brawl around ringside. So um, there's a couple of like threads around this match, and my favourite one is that Every any every single time, all Lance Archer wants to do is have a big fight with the butcher. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really hope we get another bunkhouse match with uh, the butcher and the blade versus Lance Archer and anyone. This was like this Mo- was like this was ideally like, mocks, but this this I'll was take, like this was like, this was like the big fight at the end of like an episode of Transformers where everyone like squares off against each other and they all have yeah. like their own like little separate fights because like as soon as the match starts, they all pair off. So like um, Phoenix pairs off with Blade. Mox pairs off with Eddie and um, Butcher and Archie oh, just go outside and start throwing each other into things which is brilliant yeah um, for a lot of the a lot of the start of the match it was just the faces beating the shit out the blade as well he had a rough night um, well, start of the match all I heard was Ali going <laughs> that is literally the noise she made constantly. I mean, she was watching. She was watching her husband get like legitimately brutalized by like, by, like three yeah. dangerous men. So La- Lance, Ar- Lance Archer, and John Moxley were literally having a one-upman's contest of who could hurt him more. <laughs> uh, Lance Archer hit a really weird move, but it was awesome, which was like a cross of a choke slam and a T-bone suplex. Oh yeah, like a choke slam suplex. He sort of got, got him in the choke and then just like threw him backwards instead of choke slamming him, which was just mad. Um, he's quickly becoming my favourite wrestler in AEW at the moment, Lance he's, Archer. He's, he's gotten so just good. Whenever last, like, he does come out, it's just mayhem. He's gotten so good in the last like couple of months as well. And yeah, when he comes out, it's just it's just fun murder times. Like, yeah. Um, there was a beautiful spot. 
sort of halfway through this match, or halfway through, where um, Arch is going for his like top rope walk moonsault thing on the blade, and the butcher gets up on his face to pull him off the rope, and Phoenix just jumps on the top rope and dives on him, like misses, manages to somehow not knock Arch off the top rope, but take the butcher out, who's so stood like three inches next to him. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know. I, to this day, I don't know. Like Phoenix can do things that <laughs> are not humanly possible. Yeah, Phoenix's hot tag at the end of this match as well was fucking mental. I'm convinced he's some sort of deep fake, and like he's not I think a real he's, a witch. He's, he's not a real wrestler. He's just a computer generated like thing they've superimposed <laughs> on the match. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he's a Mortal Kombat character. Comes his alive. mask, his mask. Um, speaking of masks, by the way, his mask that he came out as part of his entrance was fucking beautiful. Oh, like the samurai one. Yeah, yeah, it looked awesome. Um, yeah, I thought because I thought it was a re- like a, a new mask, just a whole new mask, and then I saw you could see the other one underneath. I was like, oh, that's a shame. That would have been cool because almost like a cross of his and Penta's, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of Penta, he's in the ladder match that Cody's in. He's in the ladder so match. There's, 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 there, are, there, are, there are going to be <laughs> there are going to be six people in it so far. The only ones announced are Cody, Penta, and Scorpio Sky. And the winner gets a shot at Darby Allen, don't he? Yes. So as, as Cody says, you can be the face of the revolution and go up against the face of the network. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Phoenix at one point. Uh, so the heels work over Archer for a bit. Phoenix makes a hot tag. Um, he hits an insane jump and arm drag on Eddie Kingston. Like, the height he got off that was fucking ridiculous. Um, and then he hits a tope onto the blade. And again, the height he gets on that. Yeah. And the fact that he looked like he was going to just like land on top of his head and he somehow didn't. Is that the one to the outside? It was insane. Yeah. Is that the one that's um, followed immediately by Lance Archer hitting the cannonball of the apron? No, that was a bit later on. The last thing I ever want to see is Lance Archer about to do a cannonball of the apron towards me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, That's when you know everybody dies. Um, would be the least fun thing to ever experience. There was a really, yeah, they, they did a really good job as well of building up tension between Mox and um, Kingston. Mm. So by the time they actually touched in the match properly and not like just brawling around the outside, it was literally like at a fever pitch. So Phoenix and Archer both been talking out and so the Butch and the Blade. And then you just see like, Mocked on one apron and Kingston on the other, and it keeps the camera work was amazing. Like the way they kept going between each of their faces, and they were both getting more and more like angry looking at each stare each other down. Um, they they tag both get tagged at the same time, both just beat the shit out of each other for a bit. Um, and then there was like a little bit, little bit of a breakdown where Phoenix comes in, he uh, hook kicks uh, Kingston, Archer pounces him, and then Mox locks in the bulldog choke with the butcher and the blade make the save. And then this was a bit that Big Stacey was talking about where uh, Phoenix is about to hit like a moonsault or something onto the Butcher and the Blade and Archer just grabs him and choke slams him onto them instead. That's right, yeah. Um, and then he hits the cannonball onto them and just wipes everyone out. Um, Mox then, um, he basically just eats a fucking um, back fist to the future but no sells it and then hits the paradigm shift to win. Yeah. Um, really, when, really when, fun when you say a paradigm shift, he basically gives him a power driver. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like the one he did on Kenny Omega through the table. Yeah. Where, like, Eddie Kingston was practically vertical when he was fucking getting drilled on top of his head. Um, after the match, the Good Brothers come out and attack Moxley. 
uh, Kenny comes out and he says that Tony Khan gave him a Valentine's Day present and it's that uh, Mox gets to have his rematch against Kenny. Um, Kenny says he's going to pick the stipulation and he picks what... It's been a very, very divisive topic within the wrestling <laughs> community today. He, to he, say he the wants least. To, he wants to random fucking name... He spun the wheel, mate. Made the deal. Do, do you want to do the honors, Aaron? Because this is exactly up your street. Oh, honestly, an exploding barbed wire death match. I cannot fucking wait. Cheer, cheer, <laughs> cheers, cheers, Tony. Renee's crying. Yeah. Oh. Did you see? Did you see the tweets that she put out? Yeah. yeah. So she, she put like one out saying, "What's that?" and then. AW put something out saying we're sorry Rene we didn't know he was going to say that and uh, she was just like sure <laughs> like um, as that is, and it was in his I literally watched fucking Teddy and Cactus Jack in an exploded barbed wire match because oh <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be as crazy as that but I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they present it Oh, um, good. A part of me, a part of me thinks they might actually change it. Like they've just done it for like kind of the shock value of it. Um, it's it just like it, it, they're gonna work, and it's like just Kenny got a bit wound up, and it's like yeah, he was trying to one up Mox. He was like, right, we're not gonna have a proper wrestling match because you're just complaining. Yeah, because so <laughs> that plays right into Mox's hands as well. Kenny picking that kind of a match. It's an emotional um, decision that, that and that's something that Don doesn't like him to do. It's like you know. Hmm. So I, I think I think Callis will talk about it. What? How? How are they going to do their expo- explosions on national TV, worldwide TV? How are they? I mean, they could do it. They, they could do it cinematic, couldn't they? That would be the only way to do it. I mean, the the good if thing about where the good thing that, about where they are is they're literally like not that far from international waters, <laughs> so they could just literally drive out. A, Drive out a boat and just put it put it on the fucking boat. You get twelve miles out, anything goes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> which apparently was almost what happened for SummerSlam. Um, Why don't they do what they done in um, Japan, where they have like the exploding match in the middle of the water, and the rings just <laughs> in the water. Every time you get thrown into the water, it goes boom. So- and they, they and they get um, they get like throw to the ring in little de- dinghies. <laughs> I guess on Don Callis on a pedalo, pedaling Kenny into the, to the ring. One of those like swan boats you see like in the fucking Central Park. Oh. Um, better yeah, do it in Central Park, just in the big fucking lake in the middle of it. Um, so just just before we do wrap this up, uh, there was like one la- last little bit where Kenny announces that uh, Moxie headbutts Kenny and busts him open the hard way. Which <laughs> is mad, like one headbutt. <laughs> Yeah, John Moxley is harder than a coffin nail, and then Kenny um, V triggers Moxley to the bad place. He just twice, he just, twice. <laughs> yeah, he, the first one was disgust, and the first one where he just he just put his knee through his fucking face. But the, the sound of the second one, though, like he just sends it to Narnia. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you need them so hard. John Moxley could have gone to Japan after all. Mox is away with the boy Aslan, Mister Fucking Tumnus. He's having a time he, of his life. Um, <laughs> he need Moxie so hard he became became Dean Ambrose again. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that was AW. Um, we kind of all. Oh, um, and the, sorry, the show it. finishes with a really cool shot of like Kenny with the blood on his face, just like looking crazy hard into the camera. Like Kenny Mox is like the one guy who can like make Kenny crack and go nuts because of his like obsession with him, which is quite nice. Go full cleaner. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that that was AEW. Uh, I I I was expecting this to kind of be like a filler show, and it wasn't. Like th- there was a lot of there was a lot of sort of groundwork laid for other stuff, but largely it was um, l- largely it was it was very good show. Yeah, um, it, it kept all the plates spinning. It pushed all the it pushed all the storylines forward. It's we're in we're in like full revolution build mode now, aren't we? Um, we're like what. Four weeks off, five weeks off, less than that. Three, Four, three weeks, three, three weeks, March. Seven to March. Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, three weeks Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, so highs and lows. Who would like to go first? Tell us, don't, don't all, <laughs> don't all fight back. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first then. Fuck it. Oh, um, okay. my, my high was, um, Serena D versus Rio. I really enjoyed that match. Um, I'm a low point. Um, I'm just thinking th- there was a couple of like bits that were just like there. Like as much as it was a cool moment for Cody with the gender reveal thing, it was it it, it was kind of just like as I say, the placement on the show wasn't really great. Like they, they could have put it, they could have put it somewhere else on the show. I guess would be my criticism. But as a whole, I wasn't. I didn't really. That's like me nitpicking. There wasn't really anything I thought was a low. Really, I don't think. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'll, 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 maybe Luchasaurus is coming back with kind of the same mask, <laughs> just slightly bigger horns. Um. Who's next? I'll go. Um, I'll have for my my high. I'll have the, the tag match. Um, Which one made those for? Referring, of course, to, <laughs> to well, you know the, the, the title match. Yeah, the other books and powerful. It's it's like a it's like a match. It's been like almost like eighteen months in the making. Oh, um, actually, actually, sorry. Um, I've just realised my love was proud and powerful, not winning the tag titles. I really want them to. Boo. Put the belts on you cowards. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this, was, this was just everything that's great about AEW's tag team division, and it's great to see Brown Bible getting a, a moment in the sun, which, you know, I get the feeling they've been promised things down the line, Brown Bible. Like, they've been they've been told of things that will, will be coming to them, you know, at a later date. Um, and it's, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for them to win the belts. When they, when they eventually do, as faces, it'll pop off and it'll be great. I hope it's when there's fans because it'll. I, I really want them to go into another feud with the Lucha Bros like they did in Impact. Remember how excited we were when they attacked them? Um, oh, the I lost my shit when we watched that on it. And it's it's matches like this that like sort of bring you back to that to that moment when how you felt when you when you saw them first appear and like that was the stuff that was matches like this is what was running through your head when you when you saw that reveal and it's like it's great that we're, we're getting to a point now where we can bring the background and, and cash it in almost which is cool uh, low point Orange Cassidy versus Luther it was a squash match Luther get the pin unless he's um, unless he's screaming the wrong lyrics to Roxanne I, I don't really care for him well my low point was the exact same Orange and Luther Come, this, that was the shittest thing really it, the only uh, the only reason that got away with it for me was because we got an awful waffle we got it lasted like three minutes and we got an awful waffle so there was you know 
It, it didn't do any Joe damage Waffle, to the Joe Waffle, the soul out of Subhansical. Um, my high would have been Devin Rio, but the very end, getting that announcement of the death match. Oh, oh boy. So, I, so your, I, your, I guess... your, your high point was Kenny Omega taking leave of his senses. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Omega um, risking giving John Moxley a brain injury with his knee. <laughs> oh, I can't wait, boys. I, I imagine that uh, Revolution's probably going to be your favourite pay-per-view of the year, isn't it? Oh, it's got a death that... match. It's got a fucking street fight. It's got a ladder match. It's got all the, oh, all the chicanery. See, it's usually full gear they do it at. Re- Revolution seems to be the the fucking stipulation matches this year. Oh, the horror show at Revolution. Buzz Buzz it. Very excited for the that pay per view now. Like, yeah, you know, we've still, we've still got like three episodes. Of, we've still got three episodes of Dynamite before um, before we get there. Yeah, now they've actually announced things for it. It's like, okay. And that's before they've even announced like something like FTR being on the show. Yeah. Which will be interesting. Um, right, let's uh, take this one home then, boys. Um, before we wrap this up, where can uh, social media please Aaron? Uh, Facebook and YouTube are Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, uh, Twitter and Twitch at Untitled Dress Pod. Twitter, you can get us there for the bands or just updates on our podcast. And the bands on Switch as well, mate. Well, that on Twitch too. And Twitch for uh, gaming things on Saturdays mainly for all of us. I'm continuing when, my when are you planning on Saturday. So that'll be when fun. You Saturday, you're having your Sonic Adventure. All right. Nice. And we've also got a Discord, don't forget as well, at Untitled Rest Pod. You can come in, yeah. chat and you play games with us if you would so like to. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the link to that is on our Twitter. Uh, I'll probably share it again. Um, and it might be in the description of the podcast if Troy's put that there. I don't know. Or there is a link on our Twitch page as well, I believe. Um, and they're tasty. If I want some beer, well, I've already ordered some beer um, off you, but um, I want some beer and beard products where can I go for them so if your beard needs go to thatchface.com uh, we've got a wonderful range of beard not ours it's an, it's an external company they're very kind to sponsor us um, they would have a wonderful range of beard oils brushes apparel bags all of, everything you need basically to look good both facially and sort of clothingly as well that's not even a real word um, you, they're a really cool company they donate a lot of their profits to testicular cancer charities so they're really worth supporting also you can use the code TROYXL85 and get 20% off so no reason not to check that out uh, also if you like some beer if you want beer of a wrestling themed variety you can go to topropebrewing.com and we have a shop online where you can get all your favourite beers as long as the Top Rope beers delivered direct to your door or if you're in the Liverpool area you can even click and collect or get local delivery uh, brand new beers going up on the web shop next week so keep an eye on our social media for that awesome awesome um well that's been that guys uh thanks for joining us we'll see you next time bye bye corny is that you my boyfriend loves ziggler more than me (laughs) 
I mean, it could that could be a sign that Courtney would hold up. To be fair. <laughs> must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House.